0: This is Star Wars author Delilah S. Dawson, and you're listening to Clashing Sabres Network.
1: Here we go again. Chewing. We're
0: home. I bypassed the compressor. You were the chosen one! Something
1: truly special. Congratulations. You are being rescued. Revenge is not the Jedi way. I am no Jedi. The ability to speak might not make you intelligent, but we're going to try to prove otherwise. This is, in fact, the Clashing Sabers podcast, and I am your host, Brandon. I am here today with a good friend of mine. She has flown in all the way from the Unknown Regions, which can be a little shady sometimes. It's good friend of the podcast and host of the Unknown Regions podcast, ladies and gentlemen, Michelle Whitlett.
0: Hello everybody. We are in fact on Clashing Sabres today. We,
1: are. we just found that out about uh what like a minute ago? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh for those of you who who have not heard Michelle before, because we've got some new listeners out there, uh she is of course on the Unknown Regions podcast, which you should go subscribe to right now because if you like Clashing Sabres, you will definitely uh dig their stuff and um if you'd like our deep dives, uh, you haven't seen anything yet until you go over there. <laughs> um, which is part of the reason that we're having Michelle on today, because Michelle and I talk, well, we, we talk at least once a day, um, but usually Quite more. often. And mm-hmm. uh, we go down rabbit holes, and we decided, you know what, instead of just leaving this rabbit hole on Facebook, let's go ahead and record it. So we are going to dive into the idea of, uh, you can call it many things, duality, binary, Dyad, all of this stuff, uh, primarily centered around the child, Baby Yoda, but uh, kind of looking at maybe where his path's headed. And I think, Michelle, I think you and I are going to have some uh, views that might be a little unsettling for people. But before we get into that, (laughs) I have to ask you the ever-important question of what are you Star Warsing lately?
0: Well, other than um, really... We've been on a schedule over in the Unknown Regions, which is unusual for us. Usually, we just publish whenever we want to, but since The Mandalorian started, we've actually been keeping to a weekly schedule, so that's crazy, actually, for for me. I'm usually like, well, whatever, whatever. But uh, we've been sticking to it since The Mandalorian started through, even even though Colin has finals, Colin's my son, he's my co-host... And um, so we've been doing quite well with the weekly publishing. Um, other than that, I have been s- basically staring at a bunch of Star Wars books that I ordered and not reading them yet. <laughs> I have I have literally a stack of books. You got um, to tell me
1: what they are. What What do you got?
0: Um, I ordered the mindfulness one, of course.
1: I have that. I'm looking at that right now. Um...
0: Of course, the um, From a Certain Point of View, Empire Strikes Back edition. And I have no excuses with that one because those are short stories. Those would take, you know, 15 minutes to 30 minutes tops to read one of the stories. (laughs) And I'm just the worst. I haven't even started it yet. Here's the
1: thing, too. Okay, so I'm not a huge fan. I'm one of the minority that is not a huge fan of the original From a Certain Point of View. I think there's some really solid stories in there namely like Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray and some other things in there. But Mm -hmm. for the most part, it didn't tell any stories that I really wanted to hear. I'm looking at you, Force-sensitive Dianoga. And I've gotta say, like, so with, with the A New Hope one, I took the, is it canon, is it not, very seriously in terms of I'm gonna take whatever I want to be canon and consider it canon. Like that Qui Gon Obi Wan conversation, but everything else I'm just gonna throw away, you know, looking at you, force sensitive Dianoga.
0: And so, but I've (laughs) gotta say. It's funny, I don't even remember that story, so so maybe I. It's so bad. Gosh, I guess that's why I don't remember it too well. Yeah,
1: you're you're a better person than I am. Uh, I am apparently a glutton for punishment. And um, (laughs) so, yeah, but this one, I have to say, I really, really love.
0: I'm so it's, dumb. I it's need to made it.
1: me emotional at several points. I'm looking at you, Delilah S. Dawson.
0: Mm, which one did she write? I can't keep it straight in my head.
1: She wrote the Tauntaun one, and that's all I'm oh, going to say. Oh,
0: yeah, I keep hearing about the Tauntaun one. I've never cared about a Tauntaun before. Oh, you do now, though. <sighs>
1: <laughs> Anyways, okay, keep going. What, what other books you got?
0: Um, I also still have the... <clears throat> excuse me, the... um clone wars anthology book i have read actually a couple of those stories but i i mean i've had that for how long did that come out like a million years ago it feels like uh yeah and then at the at the books at the um half price books i i don't know if i told you this i should have because when i bought it i basically bought it because you would want me to buy it i finally got my hands on a new dawn yes But have I read it? Absolutely not. So. (laughs) So. I blame television. I blame television for this problem because I've been like watching tons of TV lately instead of reading. So that's not, that's on me.
1: Well, I blame you for most of my problems when it comes to watching TV and overthinking things. Um, So. You know, it is what it I just
0: is. got blamed. I just got blamed by Colin um, last night because he's been writing a lot of poetry lately. And he wrote a, he's wrote a poem <clears throat> last night and he's like, you know, there's a lot of egg and womb and all. Ki-, and I'm like, well, then you're doing it right. Like, why are you mad about that? Man?
1: Yeah. If you're not seeing wombs or phallic <laughs> symbols, are
0: you really even watching no, not not honest. even not even close. Um. So let me think. What else? Oh, and I did watch the holiday special. what did you think cute. of it? It was fun, right? Yeah, it was cute. I was I love Lego Palps like probably the yeah. most. Yeah. So we got a lot of him. And That's plus, the, the one thing him.
1: I I wish we had spent more time at certain places. It did feel like they were just trying to get the greatest hits going on, which. Is fine, but I kind of would have liked, you know, a little extra time in each location.
0: Yeah, I mean, it did. There was a lot going on in that forty-five minutes or however long. Yeah. But you know, it's a Lego special. It's for kids. But think primarily. about how many
1: firsts we got. Like, we got Ray using the yellow lightsaber for like a legitimate yeah. reason for the first time. Cool. Um, we got uh, to see. Ray fighting Vader and Kylo talking to Pal. Oh, there's just so much. There's so, there's actually a lot of lore hidden in all of that stuff. You know, like
0: there probably was, and I I admit I've only watched it one time so far. But um, I don't even think Colin has watched it yet. So I'm sure we'll get around to that. He's on break now for the rest of November, December into January. So. We definitely have a list of projects that we're going to be working on. (laughs) One of those is to watch that together.
1: (laughs) That's going to be good stuff.
0: But I have to tell you, I almost fell off my couch laughing at the Hux Kylo stuff. Like that for me was the highlight of (laughs) the show.
1: Oh, man.
0: Hysterical. Like, I don't even, I don't even know. Like, that (laughs) that
1: was so funny. It was so rapid fire That some of it I didn't even catch until they were like, took a moment to pause. Like, I'm glad they give you the moment to pause and go like, oh, I see what you're saying there. Yeah, (laughs) it
0: was so good. And again, like, I need to watch it again because I'm sure there's all kinds of stuff I missed. But The only thing thing I
1: wish is that, like, Legos could, like, do a peck pop because I feel like that would have just really added to the moment there if, like, he he was just peck popping.
0: You're right. You're right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh,
1: it's funny because I actually met a guy uh, we did a, a community garage sale uh, this last weekend uh, yeah last last weekend and um, we socially distanced and wore masks and everything like that and we're super safe and um, but the it was at a church and the youth pastor is actually a, a big Star Wars fan and so um, we started talking and stuff like that. And I don't even remember how it came up. But he's like, yeah, what do you, what do you think of, of uh, or maybe he asked me who my favorite character of the sequels was or something. But I, of course, very emphatically was like, Ben Solo. Like easy, I and I was like Correct. I spend I spend more time thinking about Ben Solo than is probably healthy for a grown adult male um, <laughs> to think about anything. Honestly, if we're just being honest, between between that and the amount of time I spend thinking now about wombs um it's not really a good look for me it's not no it's a perfect look thank god i'm married because it's (laughs) i am
0: (laughs) it's a perfect look you have no idea how perfect it is (laughs) i'm so proud of both my space sons because you're all thinking about wombs all the time the perfect man doesn't
1: exist oh it's me yeah
0: yeah it is it's both of you you're both perfect
1: um yeah so that's exciting well that'll be good to uh to jump into a lot of those books and um there's there's some good stuff in there, um, and we have a little bit of a break until High Republic comes out, and then that's going to be... It's going to feel like, because we've gotten so little lately, it's going to feel like a flood of stuff once we get High Republic. Um, yeah, you're probably right. And especially after everything that's been happening this season in Mandalorian, I feel like we're about to get just overwhelmed with the amount of lore and content that we're going to get into, but we are going to going to dig into that uh, here on this episode talking about Baby Yoda, the child, and his journey, uh, the meaning in some of the symbolism that has gone on uh, so far this season with him and where uh, it may go from here. So we are going to take a quick break, and then we will be right
0: back. Did you get the wire out? The red wire? No, 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 the red one. Show me the red wire. The red one. Yes, good. Now you're going to plug that red wire where the blue wire goes in the board. Put the red wire where the blue wire goes in the board, okay? But don't let them touch. See where you took the blue one off. Yes, now put the red one. No, don't, don't put the blue one back. Put the red one where the blue one was. Put the blue one where the red one was. But be careful. They're oppositely charged, so keep them away from each other. Make sure you hold them apart from... No, hold them apart. All
1: right, we are back at it and digging into Baby Yoda and some of the things that are going on because, of course... Everybody loves Baby Yoda. Everybody loves the child. Um, even, even people on set, it, it, we, we talked with Misty Rosas after season one. And, of course, we had to ask her, like, were you guys aware of what Baby Yoda was going to be? And she said, basically, you know, nobody could have predicted the phenomenon that he has become. But we were definitely obsessed with him on the set. And, of course, fandom has become obsessed with him as well and uh, rightfully so. He's fun, he's great, he's cute, he's cuddly, he's completely something that we've never seen before and he is the perfect matchup of the cute, cuddly, fun Star Wars with the lore-driven Star Wars that we very rarely get. We usually get things like Porgs, which are super cute and fun and I'm literally wearing a Porg shirt right now, I'm obsessed. But they don't add a lot to the lore. Or you get, uh, I mean, even Ewoks. Like, Ewoks add to Return of the Jedi, but in terms of building the lore of Star Wars, they don't really um, add a lot. Baby Yoda, however, is adding quite a bit. Um, Right. On several levels. on, On so many levels. So let's let's kind of first before we dig into him kind of define how we are going to be looking at this idea this topic of um binary duality um dyad and those kind of things because really let's let's start it this way just to kind of simplify it because you and i have different definitions of this how do you Mm -hmm. define balance of the force
0: Oh, wow. Did you just hear that Pandora's box open really loudly, <laughs> like a can of shook, shaken up pop? I had,
1: to, um, I had to really question whether I wanted to ask that or not, but I'm going to let you go for it, and I'll be back in three or four hours. Okay. Okay, Bye, no problem.
0: No problem. I got it. I got this. Um, let me try to be as succinct as possible. To me, and this has changed over the years, obviously, because I think the definition has changed over the 40 years that they've been telling this story. But as of now, and just taking all of those messages and adding them up in my brain, it seems to me that the balance of the Force, if you're talking about as a as an entity of itself, is half light and half dark. And we actually did, we did a, was my Probably our second episode of Unknown Regions, where we talked about Colin and I talked about this like ad it, it's ad nauseum for like fifteen hours, like you said. <laughs> it's, <laughs> not it's not a it's short episode. It's not. One. But she, but we've come to the conclusion that the balance in the force is different than balance of the force. Balance, like the individual person or being. The balance within a person or being is a totally different ballgame than the actual balance of the Force, which is 50-50, light and dark. But, like, a person can't can't deal with that. That's not how, you know, we're not Bendu. We're not um, the Mortis gods. We're just, you know, living things on a planet, just like every other living thing on every other planet. So... You can't, like, you just can't kind of handle that. So it's more, if you're talking about an individual being, it's not going to be 50-50 because darkness will run the show. If you let it get out of, you know, if you let it take over a little bit, that's just its nature. It's just going to take over. Yeah, Which doesn't go well, typically. So, but I feel like I have a... Slightly different take on Baby Yoda. I just feel like he's a little bit different, perhaps. Not like full-on Bendu, full-on Mordiskat or anything. But we can probably talk about that later. I won't get into that right now. That's my take on the Force in general.
1: And I'm I'm with you there on the idea that uh, a person can't be 50-50. And that's one thing that you've kind of evolved on, Um as you know, we've gotten more content and stuff like that, and you've kind of um, come a little bit to more to where I'm still a lot more towards the side of what George Lucas said of basically abolishing the dark and um, being the light. Uh, and you're you're not as far on that spectrum as I am, but in terms of the <coughs> excuse me the the balance of the force overall as an entity, I I think it is the the actual tension, I don't think there's an actual, like, here's 50-50, we can get this perfectly even. It's this tension in between um, that Ray speaks of when training with Luke. The actual tension in and of itself to me is the balance, and it's its not the an actual, here you can achieve this permanently kind of thing it's always this temporary back and forth push and shove and that's why um even though anakin did bring balance to the force we get uh you know ray needing to bring it back or luke saying that there was balance for for a time yes there can there can be equal for a time but it's not sustainable because there's always going to be that push and shove um and so it's kind of hard for me to exactly put into words what i um see as balance of the force because it's hard to just like say it's the tension um it's one of those things so okay let's just get something straight like the force is spiritual like if you're if you're going to talk about the force you have to talk about it in the context of religions and religions in our world because that's Mm -hmm. what lucas based it off of right and uh you know there's there's a part in the bible that says basically like if you give the devil a foothold he'll take the next step and the next step and the next step right right which is what happens with the dark side uh within a person but at the same time you have a situation where i had a pastor one time basically say like even when we talk about god it's never go- we're never going to be able to understand god because our human words can never encompass Like, they're always going to fall short because that's the level that God is at, right? And you can take that to really whatever religion you want to. um, And I I think in one way, shape, or form, it's true that these things that we talk about are limited by our own ideologies and our own vocabulary, but there's something bigger than that, which is, I think, what makes the force, to bring it back around, so special is it is this thing that even though we've spent... 40 years trying to say, this is what the force is. And even though we have concrete things like Mortis, those concrete things give us more questions than answers.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah. Oftentimes.
1: More often than not. Right. And I think that's something that we have with baby Yoda, where it's like this concrete idea of here's this being who seems light, but also a little dark. Um, what what do you see what do you see going on here with Baby Yoda? Like, what's your perspective on kind of his balance and his position in all of this?
0: My take so far on Baby Yoda is and it's probably when I was like, we should talk about this on a podcast because we have different clashing not really. It's not like we're clashing. Like I totally Agree with you as far as the tension goes and about um, balance among the living, you know, uh, people not ever going to be static. It just can't be because, again, we're not Mortis gods and we're not Bendu and we can't do we can't achieve that. So the best that people like in the story can do is try. <laughs> try to achieve that. That is literally the best they can do. But with Baby Yoda, I see a, a, an untarnished, completely pure, so far, representation of balance of the Force in that he has not been indoctrinated into the Jedi or the Sith or any other, you know, dogmatic group that has an opinion on the force. He's just, he just is. And, you know, he's he's a little bit Bendu-esque in that respect. I think he is, so far, um, kind of finding that middle way um, to bring up, you know, the whole Buddhist concept of the middle way, which, Bendu talks about all the time how he's the one in the middle. He's the one in the middle. Like he says it ten million times in case you're not paying attention. He really wants you to like look up Buddhism (laughs) on the internet and find out like what what he means by that, you know. So I feel like that is where he's at um just so far in the story, because you see because you see him following just what is natural for for a basically a small child to to follow, you know, that's like, well, I'm hungry. And what is there to eat around here? Oh, these eggs in a jar. Okay. He didn't, he didn't know that that was necessarily a bad thing to do. He was just hungry. Later on, when he finds out, oh, there's potential for living beings in that thing that I ate. Now I'm going to maybe be like, yeah, I'm going to be a little more discerning about what I eat. You know, he's learning as he goes, just like any little kid would learn. But as far as the force goes and the balance goes, that's just that's just natural, you know. So and it's interesting because like the
1: we've never really seen this before right we've never seen the the youngest we really have in terms of following like really following a jedi is Anakin at 9 mm-hmm. you know we don't have anything since a baby being trained up and not only being trained up but you you have a real identity crisis going on for din here in season 2 like the the big question for him is what is a Mandalorian, right? And he's having to figure out what is a Mandalorian while also dealing with like who he is as a father. And that's a really interesting thing to be bringing up Baby Yoda in that kind of culture because within the Jedi of the Republic era, you had this institution a la the Mandalorians and you also Mm -hmm. had this father-son relationship in terms of master and apprentice. Father, daughter, father, you know, whatever variation it may take of parent-child, and so it's going to be really interesting to see how they they manage that because that's the thing. I think I think one of the things that makes Bendu able to be Bendu and be able to be the one in the middle that doesn't lean towards one side or the other is. Adelon is the planet that he's on. Like, I don't think he's gone out and traversed the galaxy, and I I don't think there's Bendu's everywhere. I think he's, like, (laughs) he's from that planet. He's a being from that planet that stayed on that planet, and that planet has been, for all intents and purposes, at least in his region, untouched, you know, and uncharted. And so we see with him when the fight comes there, it's easy for him to fall into darkness, you know? Like, that's one of the things, even at the end, like, Bendu, his last acts are of the dark side. They're of dark... Now, let, me, let me rephrase that. They're of darkness. I don't want to say they're dark they're dar- dark side because I don't think he's, like, becoming a Sith or anything like that. Like, right. I don't think no. he's becoming evil, but they are no, acts... No, he gets
0: mad. He, he gets mad.
1: mad. They're acts of aggression. They're acts of anger, right? And so... Mm we have this being who um, has been around for, for, we don't even know how long, but I think we're supposed to feel like it's been a very long time, who has been able to be in the middle, to be balanced. And now you have this 50-year-old baby who for all intents and purposes is untarnished like Bendu, but now the war, especially uh, with what we found just before we get into it, full spoilers for all the episodes of Mandalorian that are out right now. <laughs> yeah. um, just to Oops. save time, yeah. um, but like the war is coming to him. the The, the war we see in the sequel seems to be heading that direction, and so we've seen how Baby Yoda handles um, people threatening his family, you know, the people that he cares about. He choked out Cara Dune. He Mm -hmm. lit a whole bunch of stormtroopers on fire. Like, his go-to, and I think this is something that is not something that people talk about a lot, his go-to is violence. Like, that's his natural defense mechanism because that's what he's being raised up to see. And so, we have Mando who says, you know, weapons are my religion how are you going to raise a kid in that kind of environment, you know, to be a good upstanding citizen. And I think it's very much a situation where he thinks, ah, it's fine. He's just a kid and I'm going to pass him off to, uh, you know, the Jedi and it'll be fine, but they're growing closer together. And I, I don't think that's how it's going to go. I think this is something that Din is going to have to deal with. And they're giving us the symbols like the eggs, like the life and birth uh, symbolism that's going on throughout the season to show us like, this is not just a rebirth for Din, but it's a rebirth for baby Yoda. It's a rebirth for the child figuring out who he is going to become.
0: I definitely agree with what that, what you just said. I might, um, talk back against push back against him resorting to violence because one thing I've noticed actually this season is that he's not doing that like when when, excuse me I was waiting actually that first episode of this season I was waiting for baby Yoda to do something with when the crate dragon was attacking and it never happened and i'm just like okay interesting and then again i was waiting when the spiders were attacking and he didn't do anything and i was like wow this is really interesting now because this is happening that it's happened now twice where i'm just like sitting there waiting for that moment where he helps you know save them and he does nothing which is to me, I, it really made me raise an eyebrow. Like, what are they, what is that about? Because you're right, he did do it a couple times um, in season one. And so I've come to the, my own way of explaining that to myself is you're right, he has been being reborn in that he is taking the steps to learning that that's not always, it's not always his place, or he shouldn't always react that way. Even if he does feel that his dad is threatened, or even if he, he, he himself is threatened. I don't know, that, that was just something that I just kept, I'm still waiting, I'm still waiting for him to do something like that. And I don't know that he's going to until it gets to like, maybe a a peak in the season you know where he just might have to do something but so uh, maybe not maybe he's learned that lesson now and now he's not going to do that i i, think, know.
1: I think they're luring us in um with the because we're getting a lot more of the cute cuddly memeable mm. baby yoda moments i think. oh my god
0: they're they're reeling us in so hard reeling let me just in. say season one yes he's adorable but I honestly did not fall hook, line, and sinker for Baby Yoda in season one. I didn't. I didn't buy, I barely bought any merch, which for me is saying something if I'm not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I bought every single Razor Crest available, Let me, I, for sure. But Baby Yoda, like, well, I'll just buy one t- token Baby Yoda thing and then I'm done. But now, this season, holy cow. I'm so (laughs) obsessed with him because, yeah, they are reeling us in to crush us in some way. I see it coming like a a semi-truck down the highway. It's headed right for us. I think
1: we end the season, and we don't really have to go into this, but just to put this out there, I think we end the season with either Gideon or, if Gideon's working for somebody, if we get that kind of reveal, somebody from that side kidnapping Baby Yoda or Baby Yoda doing some kind of... Extremely egregious dark side act, um, like killing someone that we are invested in or something of that nature. I think, yeah, I don't think he'll do it. That too. Yeah, um, because I think you're onto something that, like, in season one is primarily where we get those kind of reactions from him, but. In season two, we kind of have the same evolution, or we, we have a similar evolution with him in terms of uh, what we see with, with Papa Lorian, because he, Mando starts trusting droids, lets the droids work on a ship, right? right? And mm-hmm. the, the baby had... IG-11 coming to kill him but then becomes his nurse droid right he has Mando who is somebody who should be you know this gruff exterior like tough guy who's being all caring for him so it's kind of redefining um the situation that he's in and so we do find him in this moment of tension that's really really interesting which the most recent episode of the Mandalorian uh, at the time of this recording, the siege really dug into deep um, right from that first scene, uh, that red and blue wire scene. Oh my God. Like every moment was,
0: I lost my mind <laughs> in, in,
1: in the words you would use a uh, metaphorsical um, all rights reserved. The, this, the idea of, the red wire and the blue wire which i just have to say like i don't think it was something that Favreau consciously did oh, but in not turn- no 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 i no, no, totally no, no. do no 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 i think overall <laughs> it was i think what i'm about to say he didn't intentionally do oh,
0: okay. i don't Sorry, think he I'll intentionally
1: did this this one particular thing but i think it just kind of landed perfectly is the whole red pill blue pill meme going around of like which one oh. would you choose um, I doubt Favreau even knows that that's happening, but of a time to bring in a choice between red and blue, like to, to have that meme to where the, the general public can kind of go, oh, on top of the very intentional use of red and blue as light and dark side kind of colors is really powerful um, because you have, I mean... Blue is peace. It's tranquility. It's security. It's these things that he's finding in uh, the Mandalorian and even in Grief Karga. Um, you know the the ability of him to to sit in that classroom and let them go off and you know do something and and not be in the situation um, is you know something that I I see as growth like. I look at kids going to school for the first time and they're freaking out because they don't know what the world is like without their parents. But here we have Baby Yoda, who is—I mean—he's literally grabbing blue cookies and eating the sweet tranquility that is, <laughs> like, honestly, like it's 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 right there in front of you. But sorry, I'm I'm divulging or diverting off into all kinds of different directions. The no, red and blue, fine. though.
0: The red like, and blue. I've n- I I mean I've loved this season. I've loved it so much for for all the uh symbolism and metaphor and mythology and all of that but when that happened first of all I couldn't stop laughing because again god they are just they are layering so much stuff into these scenes
1: oh here's this deep metaphor but we're just gonna make you laugh so you don't even notice it
0: the scene has so many layers to it, and one of them being the way that they built in a classic parent-child experience where you are a parent and you're trying to explain to your maybe way too young child who is never going to understand what you're trying to tell them to help fix something or just whatever it is you're trying Cooking. That is a good example. Like forever, I was trying to get my kids to understand cooking <laughs> and how it's a process, and it always divulged into me just throwing my hands up, like this is forget it, just forget it. <laughs> it's never, gonna, it's never going to happen. They're never going to understand what I'm trying to say. So I don't know if John Favreau has kids. He must. I mean, if he doesn't, then he's certainly in touch with his inner parent because
1: I mean that even is just as a, a teacher. Like, you give them directions, and then they're like, "What do I do?" I'm like, "Exactly." I gave directions, and I wrote. I it literally on the board. just told you. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a very uh, yeah, it's a very interesting um, kind of real world connection that allows us to get into that force metaphor because. You have these red and blue wires obviously light dark right but you're taking them out of where they belong and putting them into the oppositely charged position right uh which is interesting in terms of like the balance and what's going on in the galaxy and even what's going on for din at the time of Din has this perception of this is what a Mandalorian is, right? Let's say, mm-hmm. just for the sake of of simplification, we'll say that's the red wire, right? He's the red wire right now of, I was raised in this cult and this is the only way that there is. This is the way, right? But there's this blue wire, uh, which, I mean, Bo-Katan is literally wearing blue. Right. Uh, and the armor is literally wearing red. So, interesting. Um, just thought of that. Very
0: yeah, uh, but I hadn't really noticed that either. But that is totally you know. Yep, and yep. And, yep. and there's yep. that going
1: on for that identity crisis that's that's happening for for him, um, and and that's kind of been something that's been set up throughout the whole season or the ho- yeah the whole season. Um, I don't want to say the whole series because we're kind of on a new thing here, but you have. Um, this this struggle with identity, right, and particularly with the Mandalorian uh, Din Djarin, you have these different versions of what it means to be a Mandalorian. Uh, you have a situation where you have like Cobb Vanth, right? Wears the Mandalorian armor, is not a Mandalorian, but lives very much in the way that uh, Din would want would expect a Mandalorian to live in right mm-hmm. um yeah. and then you have these ideas of you know eggs um the god the friggin razor crest being a womb being destroyed and restored <laughs> like over
0: uh, and over yeah and over again i
1: literally had a guy uh after my most recent um article that i posted it was like, I'd never thought about uh, the Razor Crest as a uterus, but now I'm never going to be able to unsee it. And I basically nope. was like, welcome to my world.
0: Exactly. Uh,
1: <laughs> my space mom has destroyed me. <laughs> but you have you have that idea, right, of um, this struggle with being reborn. And when we are reborn, what does that mean? And then you move to, um, you know, the heiress, And you have, I mean, God. Colin pointed this out on your episode. I hadn't even noticed it, but Din carrying the cross, like literally like the symbolism there, the symbolism that you pointed out to me of, uh, bo uh, reaching her hand out in the same way that death watch reached, uh, their hand out to, uh, Din when they saved him after his parents died. I mean, it's, it's literally the, they're setting it up all right there. And if we take season one as an indication, um, the the journey that Din goes on is the same journey that Baby Yoda is going to go on just in a different context.
0: Um, right, Because that's exactly. what, like, like we said, that's and what happened fact in season it, like, one. And like you're saying, he has, they're showing us so many different, I keep using the word brand, um, so many different brands of what we've been told throughout Star Wars is a quote-unquote Mandalorian and just in this season alone like you said we've got Cobb Vanth we've got allegedly Boba Fett who's the original and now he's like got no armor he's dressed like a like a tusken raider what the heck's going on with him who transformation. knows transformation um, right i mean like but and then we get Bo-Katan and then we have Din himself, and from last season, we have the armor. Like, they're literally, they're just throwing all these different things at us. And it's, go- you know, it's the same with the Force. There's so many different brands of the Force as well, well like you're saying. Think about It's who a we're parallel getting. journey that they're on. Think about who we're getting.
1: We're getting Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. We're getting literally the, like, model citizen, pun intended,
0: uh, <laughs> How oh, dare you
1: Come on now. I, I'm literally <laughs> surrounded by Ahsoka stuff. I think I get a little I of I that. know, I know. Um, I think it's
0: so funny though that <laughs> word's about that is such a dirty word to me now.
1: I know. Um have, you seen, that, have you seen that meme where um, it's they're talking and Bo Katan's like, you know, go to Corvus and you'll find a Jedi Ahsoka Tano and Din says, I said a Jedi, not a citizen.
0: Oh, no. I don't think I have seen
1: it. Oh, I'm going to have to send it to you. Thank goodness.
0: I'm (laughs) sending it to you
1: after we're done recording. Um, But yeah, so we're getting Ahsoka who, I mean, I just wrote a piece on the institutional failures of the Jedi and how they are similar to the failures of the Mandalorian culture, um, which is why, again, I think we're getting, if we're talking duality and binary and dyad, like we're getting that in this season Between the two of them, we're going to see it for, we're seeing it for Din, we're going to see it for Baby Yoda when we get to Corvus and we get Ahsoka Tano and she is not the one that's going to train him to be a Jedi because she doesn't believe in the Jedi anymore. And Din's going to have to come to this understanding as a parent of what do you do? when you no longer believe in this institution that you thought you were going to bring your child up in, right? Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people have faced that with with whatever church or religion they follow. They grow up and they go, I don't know if I believe in this the way that my parents believed in this, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's not... It's kind of that whole, like, religion versus spirituality thing. It's like, it's not that I don't believe in it, but based on the new data that I have, I believe in it in a different way, right? Like, I don't think what death watch or the watch raised din to be is a bad thing in and of itself you know um
0: right
1: honor sticking by your word having a code that you live by um those are those are powerful things having a community um having something bigger than yourself that you stand for all of those are really good things it's just a matter of how you apply them right which is exactly what we had with the jedi Everything Mm -hmm. the Jedi was about, that was a good thing. But how you execute on those things is what causes the issue. And they're becoming so entangled with the Republic is what caused them to fall because they no longer were living out what they said they were going to be doing, right? And that's what, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Din's going to have to figure out is how do I I teach him how to be... Because he obviously can't teach him to be a Jedi, but... I would argue the best Jedi that we've seen are the ones that are least trained by the Jedi, Luke Skywalker and Rey. I mean, they are, to me, Qui-Gon is in there in the argument for sure, but to me, in terms of what the story is presenting to us, in terms of what a Jedi should be, Luke and Rey are the best examples of actually living that out in practice, and they're Mm -hmm. the ones who had the least structured training. Right. Right. Which I think, right. I think if when you look at it, you know, you're looking at structured versus unstructured. Both of them are kind of that middle. They're kind of the tension of, I need Yoda to guide me and show me this way, but I need to learn it on my own. I need Luke to sh- tell me what went wrong so that I can not make those same mistakes and find the new path. It's that tension that exists. And I think that's what we're going to have to have with baby Yoda in order to because he can't just be a cute, cuddly prop, right? He has to have no, no. meaning beyond He's that. He's
0: definitely not. Yeah. Um. So just like every other thing in this show, is they're giving us the most adorable thing we've ever seen. <laughs> so it's like we're almost distracted by it. But there's so much else going on under the surface. And like like you keep saying, as far as applying it to the the lore of the force itself, which is basically the entire that's what Star Wars is. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's that, that lore. So, well, um, it's very interesting that they keep giving us these uh, presenting things in a binary way. And I don't disagree with you that he there's going to be some sort of dark side slide at some point for him. Yeah.
1: I don't think he's gonna end Dark Side. Like I don't think it's no, like no, they're no, gonna, no. They're not gonna crush us like that. But
0: I, don't, I would hope not. It would but be the, one here's thing. The-
1: it would be one thing if it was just Baby Yoda and Din and just their own journeys were were that. But the entire season is about that. And I've gone way too in depth into these things on my meaning in Mando articles on ClassicSavers dot net. You can check those out and really get into the meaning behind it. But you have so many themes going on about like expectations versus reality, past versus present. I mean, even in the, the the stage setting, like going to Navarro and having those pillars there. Like I spent way too much time thinking about those pillars on Navarro <laughs> and how they represent the foundation because
0: yeah, I read you read I read that in your okay. article. I was like, "Uh, oh, okay. if you think
1: about it, right? You go to, again, you you have to look at these things through a religious lens, whether you're religious or not. I'm not saying you have to go to, you know, you have to be religious to understand. But if you just look at religion as a set of stories and in a historical context, right, that the Solomon's Mm -hmm. Temple is right there. And what was Solomon's Temple about? It was this homage to the divine leadership that brought them from enslavement to their permanent home right? And both Din and Mm -hmm. Baby Yoda were trapped in a form of enslavement. Like, the prequels show us that enslavement is not always this strict, like, you are a physical slave like Anakin is. Anakin stays a slave his whole life. He's a slave to the Republic. He's a slave to his emotions. He's a slave to Palpatine. Both Din was a slave to the way. Baby Yoda was a slave to his captors, right? And they're being led to this permanent home um, that is based on One side, one pillar being stability, which they're finding in each other, and establishment, which is what they're figuring out this season. Like, the establishment is what they're figuring out here. Like, the fact that they are going that far to set it up. Like, they are literally hitting us over the head with it. You know?
0: They really, really are. It's That's why when people are like, these episodes are except you know, the only episode that I really didn't see the F word come up, the F word being filler, um, was the heiress. The other three I saw many people claiming this what does this have to do with the story? And Y'all I just wanna pull my hair out. I just wanna pull my hair out. Rebels.
1: Like, Watch, oh my rabbit. God. There's
0: no, <laughs> Filoni
1: doesn't do filler.
0: No. And also, no.
1: when you have eight episodes in a season.
0: Exactly. You not don't, filler is not around. a thing
1: in streaming. Like it just, it, it befuddles me. It befuddles me.
0: Yeah. Okay. It's so infuriating. So but, here's, here's, yeah.
1: here's another idea I wanted to bring up. To you, because this is this is something that has been out there, and s- people have kind of talked about it, but not fully, is the idea of Baby Yoda being some kind of dyad. Um, so, of course, the dyad presented in Rise of Skywalker, which you're not a huge fan of, of Rise of Skywalker, but I think you uh, you kind of you like the idea of a dyad, right? Just in and of I itself. I really like the I
0: like okay. the idea of a dyad. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. Cool. Just to make sure we're kind of know where we're starting from so yeah. in i can't remember exactly which book it is i think um maybe the star wars facts book that came out recently but it was said that force healing is a dyad of power uh and of course we've seen it with ben and ray um and we've seen it with with the child healing grief karga so what do you think the possibility is of baby Yoda being some kind of dyad and if he is what do you think that means for the story
0: I um, Colin brought this up I think um, when we when we um, were talking about the siege and he <laughs> he, he knew he was going to upset me but he was like what if um baby yoda and snoke are a dyad and immediately i was like get out of my house or get out of my feed <laughs> get out of here but i mean i don't think it would be stoke because he's manufactured honestly he's a manufactured force user and i'm not even real comfortable with the thought of snoke getting his power from baby Yoda's blood like that even creeps me out so bleh, I don't know I can't I don't know how to here's the thing though that.
1: they've the the Sith and the Jedi have both been trying to recreate the dyad for their entire existence yes like the rule of two if you look at mm-hmm. it it's basically it's Based on the dyad, like somewhere in in canon, it says that in one of the reference books or whatever. But if you just look at it as a practice, like it's trying to find the two best people, which is how they view the dyad is the two strongest, right? Um, mm-hmm. They don't understand that idea of actual balance, and even the master and apprentice relationship of the Jedi is trying to find a dyad, but the problem is it's a hierarchy, and in, in a dyad you can't have a hierarchy. They need to be complete and utter equals. Yeah. So how... I I could see this as an attempt by... started by Palpatine mm-hmm. to, rec- to, to manufacture, as you said, a dyad. So I don't think it's going to be a natural dyad um, because... I mean, I don't think there's a natural like person that Baby Yoda goes with as a diet. Dy- like, it doesn't make sense for him to be a diet with Ahsoka. Um, as interest, as cool as it would be to see say like Baby Yoda and Ahsoka are a diet, I don't think it makes sense to the story. And so, who are you going to have it with, Anakin? Then where was the tension during all of the prequels? You know, like it, mm-hmm. it just doesn't fit. So I think there's the idea of trying to manufacture some kind of dyad. And I, I had this idea, um, and if there's a person to talk to about it, it's you, <laughs> about the Prime Jedi.
0: Oh, I, uh, now right? I speak my language.
1: <laughs> what if the Prime Jedi was in and of him or herself a dyad? A dyad as a single entity, that somehow split. I don't know how, but somehow split, and that's what has caused the rift that has echoed all the way to what we get with the dyad in Rise of Skywalker.
0: Um, that's amazing, and I love it. Right? Couldn't it be so cool? Like, that's amazing, and I love it.
1: And you have yes. these attempts to heal them. And you know, Palpatine's like, I got the best, like, I got the best Jedi. I turned him to the dark side and still couldn't create a dyad. Like, all right, I guess I'll just try to create one of my own. Um, because, like, they brought up they brought up midi chlorians, guys. They right. brought up they brought they sure up midi chlorians. Okay, um, so they brought up midi chlorians, meaning again the the science, the Jedi lost their way because of getting too focused on the science and losing the faith. And that's, that's where the dyad is successful in Rise of Skywalker is when Rey and Ben have faith in each other, Like Arguments about the execution of the movie aside, like that's just, it's on screen right there. Like when they are when they do what the movie has them do, it's only when they learn to trust each other, right? And that's something the Sith never have. That's something that you can't ever fully have in a hierarchical relationship of a, uh, a Jedi and an apprentice. Like, there's always gonna be that this person has more than me, this person has position over me. Like, as for example, my classroom. I try to make it as equal as possible. My students know they can tell me that what I'm doing is not helping them. They know that, you know, they're allowed to ask questions. They're allowed to question my teaching. They're allowed to, you know, that's part of how I run my classroom. But there is also an understanding that we're not equal. What I say is the bottom line, and it goes. Like, there's a line that can't be crossed with that, which is fine because we are intent Intended to be teacher and student is intended to be a hierarch- hierarchical relationship, but if we look at it through the the binary and the idea of a dyad and trying to combine these things, you can't have that. So I think, and this is like this is my Plagueis Snoke like theory um, of craziness. I think that they are trying to recreate not Snoke but the Prime Jedi. In some way, whether it's literally like we're trying to create the prime jet, recreate the prime Jedi, or we're trying to create this dyad in one entity, that's why I think's happening.
0: I, like I just said, never occurred to me on that level. Like, never occurred to me that it would, could go as far back as. The Prime Jedi, which I actually want to get tattooed on my body somewhere because I love the whole thing, that I whole know. idea, so so much. And if they bring that around, I, I still will be grossed out. <laughs> 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 that adorable little baby Yoda is in a dyad with a creep, but um.
1: But see, I don't think I don't think they're actually going to be a dyad. I think it, I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we see another dyad in our storytelling side of it. I don't think we see it for maybe another 20 or 30 years. I don't think it's anything we see anytime soon. I think they want to keep that really special. I think they would be smart to keep that really special because of the the divisiveness around Rise of Skywalker. The one thing that I've basically seen pretty much everybody like is the idea of the dyad. Like, that's a, a, an almost universally accepted thing to where you can have these stories like Mandalorian that I don't even think a lot of people realize um, that are watching it. And that, granted, I'm not saying we're smarter than them. A lot of people just aren't as insane as we are and don't go as deep into it. But I don't think it's a, at a lot of people's, the front of their mind that they're presenting this idea of duality throughout the season. Um, and so I, I think...
0: I'm ashamed of myself that I have not gone there yet. I mean... But now I'm there and I'm staying there.
1: It's it, it's <laughs> definitely a possibility because they're setting up this idea of like what you see is not what you get, right? With the Tusken Raiders. What you see is not what you get. With Cobb Van, with possibly even Boba Fett, with Bo-Katan. Um, but they're also setting up this idea of opposing forces you know you have the crate dragon you have uh the spiders you have all these things that are not evil but they're opposing the the team that we have for each episode and If you look at like the spiders, it's really interesting to think about it in terms of the... Actually, the spiders and the dragon, both in terms of duality, are really, really interesting because the dragon in Eastern mythology is something very uh, positive, whereas in Western culture, the dragon is something that's feared. And if you look at spiders mythologically, they are... uh, never fully good nor fully evil. They're kind of a middle ground. They're these weavers that bring everything together. I actually wrote in my article, they are more Bendu than Jedi or Sith. Um, and then you you just, you keep getting these things. And even going to like the planet that we're going to, Corvus. I mean, Corvus being a raven and in the myth of uh, of Corvus in Greek mythology, the raven had white feathers and mm-hmm. Apollo told the bird to watch over uh, Coronis, who was one of his lovers, who was pregnant at the time. And Coronis lost interest in Apollo and fell in love with a mortal. And so when the raven r- reported that to Apollo, he was enraged and that the, the bird, uh, the, the raven, did nothing to stop it. And so it cursed it and that's why they are black. Um, so white and black you know, light and dark again, like, and it's just, there's, there's so much going on there. um, That we have to be in some way, shape or form. We have to at least, I don't know if we'll directly get something talking about the dyad proper, but I definitely think it's going to be one of those mortis type situations where, it's going to be pretty obvious that that's what we're talking about to, like, the diehard Star Wars fans. So what do you think on that? What do you think of, are they actually going to mention Dyad in some way, shape, or form, or do you think it's going to be something that we just kind of are always debating?
0: I think that's the big question. How far are they going to go into sequel trilogy trilogy territory exactly like because I see a lot of opinions about that like oh I think they're just gonna drop you know seeds here and there and then they're gonna gloss over it and let maybe a few years down the road really get into it in a comic book or something and then I see a lot of people saying like oh no we're fully going into that era like full full, full force no pun intended Hey. hey. But, so, I think. I mean, I don't know about you, but the second I saw those uh, vats full of whatever the heck those things are, that all I could think about was Snoke. Like, that's all. That's all that occurred to me. Honestly, so,
1: like I couldn't see it very well the first time. So until I got like pictures zoomed in, I was like, "Is it? Are they cloning
0: something? What is it?" I yeah I don't know. So. I, I, but that could just be me too, because I already I had this mm. that discussion with Colin, whereas he's like, you're just paranoid and you're like on high alert. <laughs> I don't <laughs> For know any reference to Rise of Skywalker. I'm like, that could definitely be, but also, maybe that is going to be a big. Part of where we're going with the show. So if they go, if they go, you know, head on right into that type of storytelling, you know, with the intention of connecting to the sequel trilogy, I don't see why they wouldn't put that in. If that's that's fair. If they're gonna if they're gonna go in that direction, they're gonna go in that direction. I think and, my question and, you know,
1: is because. We, we do know they said even before season one, like we're going to get some things about how the First Order started, um, which we have many versions of that. Like Bloodline has a version of how they attempted to start the First Order. Um, what happens with Race Loan and Aftermath is another. Ver- like, there's these different ways that the First Order could possibly have been started. I think they're kind of giving us these different versions to kind of almost keep it like a mystery. Uh, to some extent but I think I guess my big concern is not the right word because I'm not concerned about it my big curiosity if you will is how weird for stuff are they gonna go because the thing is like with the animated series you can go weird because it's targeted for kids and so kids don't have the baggage that you and i have when it comes to spending years and years over analyzing this stuff right kids can right. watch the mortis and go oh that's there's a good guy a bad guy oh she gives her life to save ahsoka you know they're not thinking like ahsoka now is the light and oh that convoy represents the the daughter and the light side of the force and they're not thinking about like, is Ahsoka the one that actually keeps the she's the light in the darkness on Malakor that's the light in the darkness in invader. Like, they're not doing that stuff. They're like, oh, okay, that's what this is, right? But then you have the you know, the casual fans that are watching The Mandalorian. Like you have people who have never seen the movies watching The Mandalorian, which mm-hmm. is something that's both both encouraging and kind of makes me wonder because the story that they're telling is an extremely Star Wars story with this binary. So, and and having Dave Filoni on this makes me feel a little bit better because Dave was raised, if you will, in that culture of Lucas of like, tell the story you want to tell and forget what everybody has to say about it right?
0: Um, right. Mm-hmm.
1: But also you have Favreau who thinks IG-88 is a deep cut. Like you have a balance <laughs> in that too to where I think that's kind of created something special but I don't want them to hold back because of what people might not know. That's only yeah. my big concern. And so I think to circle around back to Baby Yoda, I think what people do know is is explicit expressions of the dark side ray shooting the lightning as a prime example who didn't jump out of their seat and just freak out when that happened like it didn't take a diehard star wars fan like us to go well that's not good like that's clear visual language of yeah this is not mm-hmm. th- this is not the way that you're supposed to be going so it'll be interesting that you have this whole season setting up this idea of rebirth, you know, and um, this idea of, of like, Baby Yoda with the red and the blue wires struggling with that, the two things that are in him. Um,
0: is he struggling, though? This is where we break... This is where... This is the fissure where we break off into two going into two separate directions. I feel like you do think that he's struggling, whereas I'm more like i don't think he's struggling i think he's just learning like any kid would learn and that um the he's not obviously um being taught by a mentor or anything like that i think he's literally being taught by the force itself and a a pattern i'm seeing the season is he's being taught through creatures quite a bit about what is what he should be doing and what maybe he shouldn't be doing and yeah din is like pushing him directions as well you know he's being the typical dad where he's just like no 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 don't eat that but you know again going back to what i was saying before where he could have helped out in some of these situations Because he is powerful, and he doesn't. And in those moments, I'm like, okay, that's because he's like sitting back, watching, and learning from the crate dragon, from the spiders, from the tadpole, from the fish lady or fish lady. I always want to call her fish lady. She's frog lady. lady. (laughs) Pay her some respect. Come on, put some
1: respect
0: on her name. I think you're. I think
1: you're. Right, and I think actually we we are pretty similar on that. When I say struggle, I mean struggle as in the tension. I mean struggle as in he doesn't know what to do with these things yet, light or dark. Like he is a student learning, and I consider learning to be a struggle. Um, so I don't want it to I don't want it to to seem like i was saying that in a negative connotation. I think he oh, okay. Yeah, no, I I think you're. I hadn't thought about him actually being taught by the force itself. Um, but I think that's definitely a possibility. There's just
0: been so many creatures like left, right, and center this season specifically. It's like, and I love that. Like that's weird Star Wars and I love it. But again, I think there's layers here where everybody's like, oh, cool. All these aliens that we've seen before, that's cool. And these creatures that we've heard of before, but never seen in canon, And these weird, squiddly do, little weird things. Like, what is up with... And that's why people are like, oh, it's filler. It doesn't mean anything. Oh, my God. It's everything. (laughs) It's everything.
1: uh, Michelle, where have we seen a powerful force user struggling slash learning about the light and the dark through creatures that people consider to be filler episodes?
0: Yep. Colin was like... It's entirely Ezra esque. And I'm like, yes, it is entirely Ezra esque. And it's Faloni who is l- Mr. Animal Lover.
1: It's crazy.
0: Extraordinaire. So I think, I mean. Uh, we solved it.
1: Ezra and Baby Yoda are forced dyad. That's all for today, folks. But would they be? They're too similar, though. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, I mean,
0: that would be cool. AF. I'm, I mean, okay. I think <laughs> it's just. Certainly better than Snow. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think it's just one I of those vomit. innate
1: storytelling <laughs> things that like is in a storyteller like Favreau for Cause if you go back to like the mythology angle of things like spiders, dragons, animals are yeah. always playing a part. So it'll be interesting to see um, kind of where this leads to. And we'll have to revisit this topic um, later on and bring in other clashing sabers uh bring colin on uh i i fear uh for adriana's health if we do get baby yoda seeming to turn to the dark side at the end of this season (laughs) um adriana we are here to support you um we're here for whatever you need i'm not very good at casseroles but i can ship one to you i don't know
0: honestly i i would rather that happen than what i really think is going to happen which is a forced separation of din and the child which will actually cause me physical pain. I cannot even I've already started like trying to cope with it four episodes in advance. <laughs> here's the thing <laughs> because I cannot and here's here let me just tell you this I think I've told you before Colin and I are gonna do a whole series on this the uh, comparing and contrasting well mostly comparing. Lost, and Star Wars. And I don't know if you've seen Lost. I have not. But the season one finale of Lost traumatized me. Because I didn't see it coming, and it was awful. So if that has taught me nothing else, it is to expect the worst and like start coping with it ahead of time. (laughs) Because it could possibly... Traumatize me, so I'm just trying to deal with it already. I don't say this
1: like lightly or jokingly. Like, I think people don't take the trauma that fiction can create for some of us as seriously. Like, it almost comes off like jokingly when we say like this could be traumatic for us, but like,
0: no, I had nightmares for weeks. It can be. It can finale of loss or the season one finale of loss.
1: If they screw up Ahsoka, like. I'm gonna really have to to like or I'm they here do for so, you. like by by the honestly way. honestly it's gonna be rough and I think here's the thing with season 1 Favreau wrote all of season 1 before he presented it to to Disney right mm-hmm. so as a creator he's thinking about okay what's where's this gonna go from here he gives it a nice a new hope ending here's your medal everybody wins the rest of the story can be told in Splinter of the Mind's Eye kind of situation. Right.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: And but Empire, we're in Empire Strikes, Strikes back, back right now. Does not end that way. Does <laughs> not end that way. So it'll be really interesting to see. But I love this idea since Uh, Since the idea of the dyad came about in Rise of Skywalker, I have been absolutely obsessed with it. I've actually had to hold myself back from writing too many articles about it because just the idea is it encompasses, I think, what Star Wars has always... I want to say it has always been about. I think it encompasses everything Star Wars has been about since Empire Strikes Back. I think A New Hope was very much like a knight in shining armor kind of story that in retrospect has that stuff when we have the larger context. But um, since Correct me if
0: I'm wrong, though. Didn't they say somewhere, I recall hearing or seeing that a dyad is a dark side thing am no, i no they said you're remembering that incorrectly
1: i i don't remember if they said that i remember that they said like uh, being able to communicate across time and space and like the hand touch that we get in last jedi is a dark side thing
0: uh um, that is one thing i do not like I um, hope they first. I hope they take that back. <laughs> or just completely pretend like they didn't say that. <laughs> Which they do now, apparently. They, they they just will be like, what? We never said that. <laughs> yeah, no.
1: Uh, let's see. that worries see. me a little
0: bit about the whole dyad thing.
1: Let's see what, um, what Wikipedia has to say about forced diet and if they have Okay. Um Force Healing Tuned with each other's senses. A prophecy foretold that there would be a dyad in the force which had been unseen for generations. Unique bond prominently in uh, Ren and Rey share a unique bond that featured prominently in the lure of the Sith elite cultists. During the Battle of Exegol, the life force of their dyad was used to restore... So I think it is more so that the dark side is obsessed with it than okay. it necessarily is a dark side thing. But... It, If you know of something that proves that wrong, please let us know.
0: Yeah, I just, I don't know why I have that stuck in my brain cells rolling around, but I hope, like, again, I hope it's just more of what you just said, that they're just, because they are obsessed with, you know, living forever and eternal life and all that stuff, um, maybe they just got fixated on it, and that's... What spawned the rule of two and et cetera, et cetera? Because yeah. I mean, you know, the whole Jedi apprentice, uh, master apprentice thing—basically the same, just a different take on the, on the same theme. So, yeah, it's all—it's all it all there. Too.
1: I mean, yeah, and it, and if you look at like, to me, I saw this parallel today, and and it's really powerful. Two of the. Gr- the most selfless acts in the galaxy was Shmi letting Anakin go and Ahsoka walking away from the order.
0: Yeah, I did see that. You know, um, like those are two extremely, extremely
1: selfish acts, and those are about separation, and the dyad with Ray and Ben are about coming together. So I, I think that it's, I, uh, I hate to say it, but I think <laughs> you're onto something about the separation. I think we will see a separation that will eventually bring oh, them back together.
0: This going to be rough.
1: We will have to see. We will have to see. But that is where we're going to drop a pin in it for today because if we go too much deeper, guys, we're going to start talking about pillars and eggs for three <laughs> we'll or four hours. We'll never climb
0: out if we go any deeper. There's Yeah,
1: there's... <laughs> Um, both of us pretend to have a real life outside of this stuff, so we got to keep up, keep up fronts. But if you want more about uh, the the background and some of the meaning and symbolism that is going on in each episode of The Mandalorian, then make sure you check out my Meaning in Mando series that is on ClassicSabers.net. Um, there's one for each episode where I dig into two or three things that um, I think kind of are prominent slash maybe get looked over um such as the pillars on navarro so check that out and if you want more about all of the mandalorian digging into all of the deep meaning and insanity that uh can happen when you keep digging down these uh these tunnels go subscribe to the unknown regions podcast seriously guys if you like this uh Particularly this episode, obviously, because Michelle's on. But if you like Clashing Sabers, you will definitely like um, what's going on there with Michelle and her son Colin uh, doing a podcast together. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and it's a uh, six hours. I look forward to very much. I was going to
0: say, if you have a spare eight to ten hours a week, yeah, go home, listen to us yeah. <laughs> talking about like down to the smallest minutia you can imagine, such as holograms of. Of, um, imperial bases me having super deep meanings which probably not but to me now I'm obsessed with it so it's fine
1: <laughs> yeah
0: thank yeah. you Brandon for the kind words well
1: and thank you for now making me see those kinds of things because now I'm <laughs> obsessed with it so
0: it's my job it's my job
1: best space mom ever I'm gonna get you oh, I'm gonna get you that little mug uh, <gasps> you know kind of like oh Papa my God, I would got in.
0: totally cry <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, 2022 celebration man we got to get tattoos and coffee mugs and everything it's gonna be great <laughs> but
0: and Kyle will just stand there like the neglected stepchild just with his arms crossed looking at us like at, I hate you both
1: as long as he knows his place <laughs> that's all I ask um so Michelle tell them um where they can find unknown regions and where they can find you on social media
0: you can find us on Twitter at Um, but mostly um, I am active on Twitter on my personal handle, which is at Freyadjacent. And we have an email, which no one ever checks, unknownregionspod at gmail.com. <laughs> and Colin and I are both on Facebook.
1: And, of course, we have a Gmail that we do check, uh, Clashing Network <laughs> at gmail.com. If, uh, if you want to add to the conversation and share your thoughts, definitely send that over there, and we will read it on the show. But if you want to support us in other ways, you, of course, can find us on Twitter at Clashing Sabers or join our Patreon, uh, which supports our nonprofit efforts to get school uh, books, schools into Star Wars books. Hey, it's happened. There was a school in Star Wars now, so, you know, I'm not that far off. There is. Uh, Star Wars books. I freaked out. Star Wars books into schools and classrooms across the country. Um, You can jump over to our Patreon, and for a dollar a month, you can get um, our Saga commentaries. Uh, For $2 a month, you can get our uh, Rogue One and Solo commentaries along with that, and on and up. We have seven levels. 100% of those proceeds go to buying and shipping books. Uh, We also are going to be having our holiday season fundraiser. Our last one was last year, which... Feels like about 12 years ago Um, I actually actually had to think I was like did we do that last year but last year we did and uh, we got some great support there so we're going to do another holiday fundraiser um, if you would like to support that cause and win some really cool stuff then make sure you stay tuned to all of our stuff for that but until next time remember the most important lesson of Star Wars is not balance not light and dark it's that the most important thing in life is batch eight hi ho i guess i have to do it myself this time oh i'm sorry (laughs) i was just propping you up i'm like you're so great so great and you just let me down at the end (laughs) just drop the ball
0: i'm so sorry do it again i'm ready (sighs) no no it's done now (laughs)